Welcome to The Boundless Self, a podcast that is here to explore all of the ways in which we limit ourselves. Together, we will explore the deep, messy, exciting, and often uncomfortable topics to identify and heal everything that keeps you from believing in your boundless potential. I'm your host, Kathleen McBride, and becoming boundless changed everything for me. Now I run a life and a business embracing my own fears and helping people all around the world to believe in themselves. Tune into each episode and join me on your journey of becoming your most boundless self. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Boundless Self. I'm really looking forward to sharing today's episode, which is, I feel like it's been a long time coming. So today's episode is all about processing big feelings and emotions and how do we actually do that. And I think in our world and in our society today, we we don't get taught how to process our feelings. We have no idea what to do when it comes to having complex emotions, which now all of our emotions are, all of our emotions are very complex because they're made up of so many things. So in today's episode, I want to break down for you not only what big feelings are, but how you process them, how you finally allow yourself to be able to be alone with these big feelings and emotions, how to process them, how to let them go, and how to move the hell on with your life. It's going to be an incredible episode, and I'm really, really excited to dive in. Now, I want to tell you first about a workshop that I'm running very soon, October 14th, which is going to be... I think probably what the, I think it must be the fifth workshop actually. So it'll be the fifth round of the inner child healing workshop. Now, if you have no idea what inner child work is, one, where have you been? Um, It's all I talk about, but inner child healing is essentially what is at the root of all of the work that I do as a coach, as a healer, as a practitioner with all of my clients and with a lot of people inside of my workshops. I share about a lot in content. Your inner child is the part of you that didn't go away in your childhood. And I think what most people don't realize is that as kids, you know, we think that that part of us who's a child, we think that that childlike version of us just disappears as we become an adult. But the truth is they don't. They live with us forever. And those first, particularly first seven years of our life, are really, really important in terms of developing your unconscious programming, aka the belief systems that you hold as an adult. So your inner child is the part of you that carries a lot of your wounded belief systems. So if you've heard about limiting beliefs, if you've heard about, you know, I'm not enough, I'm unlovable, all these beliefs usually stem from your own childhood. Your childhood is where some of this really tricky stuff begins. And a lot of it is because, you know, our parents, our caregivers, the generation before us, they didn't have the knowledge that we do now. They didn't understand all of the things, especially that I'm going to go into today, but what children need as well. And so learning to heal your inner child is the most beautiful process that you can go through with yourself. Finally learning to give yourself what you most need. And I know that this is a particularly important topic when it comes to relationships, when it comes to creating safety inside yourself, when it comes to giving yourself confidence, being able to be resilient. We're often told in our world we to end up relying on other people. We go to other people to hype us up. We go to social media to give us ideas. And we often rely on other people to help us get through things. And while, yes, that's so important and so valid, there is also this really big part missing of you being able to do some of the stuff yourself, of you being able to support yourself. Your inner child is the part of you that carries all the wounds that you see and the patterns that you have and possess as an adult. When you notice yourself 
being insecure, when you notice yourself self-sabotaging, when you notice yourself with an anxious or an avoidant attachment system, avoiding your emotions, whatever it might be, a lot of this is held within this young part of you. Because like I said, that part of you, that young part, it doesn't just go away. It doesn't just disappear. It's literally with you for life. So learning how to, one, connect with your inner child and then heal any wounded belief systems is such an important process to go through. And it's exactly what I teach inside of the workshop. So on October 14th, I'm running, the, I think it's the fifth, in a child healing workshop. And it is a 90-minute experience. It's running at 9.30 a.m. Brisbane time, which I think is 12.30 p.m. New Zealand time. If you can't make it live, the session is recorded. So at the moment, it's on sale for early bird. It's 33 Australian dollars. And when you purchase that, you get access to the workshop when it goes live if you can't attend it live it'll be a recording that will be sent out for you to do in your own time but what's amazing about this workshop is it is a workshop I'm not going to be sitting there teaching you you know thing after thing after thing you're not going to be attending a lecture you're going to be going through practices and experiences so you can heal so you can understand so you can get a a really tangible grip and grasp of what your inner child is, what they need from you, and how you can essentially learn to reparent yourself as an adult so that you can become more secure, more confident in yourself, and more understanding of exactly the patterns and the belief systems that you hold, why you have them, and how you can rewrite them. It's an incredible experience, and every time it just gets wilder and more deeper and people share more vulnerably, it's it's beautiful. So I will leave the link to this in the show notes for you to explore, learn more about it, and sign up. The early bird sales are on until the beginning of October, um, and then the price goes up to 48 Australian dollars. So that is what I wanted to tell you about before we dive into the episode. And it's funny because a lot of the stuff that we're talking about here, we will go into in a much more practical sense in the inner child workshop. So today's topic is processing big feelings and emotions. And the reason that I ended up choosing this topic was because I feel like every single piece of content that I post, people are asking me, how do I process an emotion? Or how do I be alone with this big feeling? Or I don't want to feel this. This is what I see our challenge in as humanity. I see us being constantly challenged with these big feelings and big emotions that we have no idea what to do with. And it really is because we aren't taught how to process them. So when we don't process our feelings, and what I mean by process is they come into your awareness, the energy flows through, you intellectualize them, you understand them, then you release and let them go. When we don't do this, when we fall into habits like numbing, avoiding and repressing our emotions, so we shove them down, you might have heard the phrase bottle up, meaning you stuff everything down or you, you, know, you store it inside somewhere. All of these emotions that we have are completely normal to have. Emotions are re like our initial reaction to whatever's going on in front of us, to the energy that we're feeling, to the scenarios playing out in front of us, the situations in our lives. Your emotions are here to guide you. And I know that sounds sometimes false because we have sometimes crazy emotions that come up that you're like, I would never want to be guided by that. But emotions are made up of so many things. And these days, we've made them so incredibly complicated because of the fact that we have generation upon generation of repressed emotions. So a lot of our emotions in a intellectualized sense are quite basic you know we have sadness we have anger we have happiness we have joy we have excitement we have anxiety we have all these emotions and when you look at them on paper they seem 
relatively, you know, easy to understand, easy to grasp. But when you're experiencing them, it's a whole different story. And this is because of exactly what we're going to go into today. So when you don't process your feelings, so when you stuff down, when you avoid, when you watch Netflix, when you, I made a really other day about, you know, over-exercising, emotional eating, all these things that we can do in our world, it's made it really easy for us to avoid our feelings and emotions. It's made it very simple to push things down and to avoid rather than to actually sit and feel and process. And we see the challenges here. When we don't process our feelings, when we bottle them up or stuff them down or whatever it is that you want to do, we essentially are trapping these emotions or the energy of said emotion inside the body. And from here, we can see a range of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual symptoms that are mind-blowing. I know that so many of my clients, myself, and I'm sure so many others will relate to the experience, particularly with the gut. And I know that for me, who, if you don't already know, I had severe chronic irritable bowel syndrome to the point where I was literally crapping myself daily. Like I couldn't contain anything in my body. And then I would swing to other extremes and have extreme constipation. And it was so awful and frustrating. And what I discovered, along with, yes, the changes to my gut bacteria, there was also the fact that I was carrying a boatload of emotions around with me. All of the hard emotions that I didn't want to feel in life, all of the pain around being abandoned by my father, all of the pain from breakups, from not feeling good enough as a kid, from all these moments in my life, instead of being taught to sit there to feel, to acknowledge, to process my emotions, society taught me to avoid them, to stuff them down, to pretend that they didn't exist because they were too complex, they were too annoying. And as a kid, um, I often got referred to as being too emotional or being highly sensitive. And so as an adult, again, what I chose to do is to go the complete opposite direction to that person and try and be someone who doesn't feel, someone who is easy to get along with, someone who's bright and shiny, someone who's positive, you know, and... I think especially as women, we really, you know, get told to grin and bear it. We get told to put a smile on that doll. You know, we get told that we look pretty when we smile. And that leaves a whole boatload of emotions like sadness, anger, pain, frustration, anxiety, that in your head you've categorized as bad. And so, of course, you're not going to want to feel bad emotions because then they make you a bad person for having them. And what that leads to is you stuffing them down. And the thing is, our emotions are energy in motion. They're energy in the body. When we don't process the energy of this emotion, we stuff it inside our body. That creates inflammation. It creates disease. There are so many incredible studies done on it. And I know myself in my own experience, it's been life-changing discovering all of the emotions that I've been carrying with me. And the physical pain that has manifested because of that avoidance of said emotions. Healing for me has been about learning to feel. About reconnecting to my body. About realizing that I'm not a bad person for carrying emotions like jealousy, like anger, like pain. That I'm not a nuisance, that I'm not sensitive, that I'm not too emotional. I'm a human fucking being that feels and this is what I want to share with you today. When we numb our emotions, 
And what I want to clear here first is numbing your emotions is appropriate from time to time, right? There are going to be situations in life where it really isn't the time to sit down and have a fat cry. It really isn't. And that's okay. However, it is important to create spaces in time in your life where you can sit, feel and process some of that heavy stuff that you've been carrying. And you might have heard the term emotional baggage. And it's one of my favorite terms because I think it literally is so accurate. And how I love to describe this is all of the emotions and feelings that you don't want to feel. Pretend that you have a backpack from, you know, from the day you're born, you carry this backpack. And any of the emotions that you don't want to feel, any of the emotions that are, you know, you might go, oh, I don't really want to be an angry person because angry people are violent and bad. Or I don't really want to be sad because it's pretty pathetic to be a sad person. So I'm going to put them in my backpack. I'm going to stuff them away. And then over time, you are weighed down with this giant backpack of emotions that you have no idea how to unpack. And that's another amazing term that's come about is the word unpack. And it really does mean unpack your emotional baggage. It's talking about you being able to open the backpack and to take out and process and feel all of those emotions that you've been carrying around. So what I want you to hear from that is, one, it's okay to numb from time to time. I do not expect you, and neither does any spiritual teacher, you are not expected to walk around saying, oh, hang on, sorry, I've got an emotion, I just need to pause and feel that before I'm allowed to move on. If you want to live your life like that, that's fantastic, that's great. However, I live over here in the real world, hopefully like you. There are times and spaces when you won't either feel safe to or it's simply not the, not the right time for you to sit there and feel. That's okay, right? Numbing or doing whatever you can to get through that experience is absolutely fine. After the fact, that's when you've got time and space to sit there, to process, to go and connect with people. Now, let's look at the really big difference. So a lot of people, when they come to me, they, you know, they say they want to learn how to feel their feelings. And what ends up happening is they say the, these words, I just want to figure out why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. And this is what I call intellectualizing your feelings. It's You fall into this trap of analyzing and it's become really popular with all of the psychology knowledge and the patterns and the things that we're seeing on social media and in our lives today, which is really fun. It's really great to, you know, oh, I'm feeling sad because of this thing that happened five years ago. And I just, you know, I was triggered because of it. It's great to know that However, sometimes that and analyzing or intellectualizing and trying to constantly figure out why, sometimes that stops you from actually being able to feel. You don't always, and you really want to hear this, you don't always need to know or understand why you're feeling an emotion in order to be able to feel and process it. There doesn't need to be a reason that you're sad, you're upset, you're anxious, you're angry. There really doesn't need to be a reason. So when you're sitting there and thinking, okay, you know, I've got these big feelings I'm carrying around with me. I've woken up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm feeling a bit off today, whatever it is. And you're thinking about how do I process this? How do I deal with this? Your first question is not, why am I feeling this? And as human beings, we always want to know the why. We want to understand things. And so it's totally normal to think that. But I really want you to see that that desire to know why you're feeling something can really, really easily slip into judgment. Because when we do know the why, it's really easy to judge yourself for that experience. And also when we don't know why we're feeling something, it's easy to judge yourself for, for not knowing why. So hear me when I say this, you do not need to know why you're feeling a certain way. 
when you are in your feels, when it's washed over you, when you are stuck in a rut or whatever it is, your only job is to feel. And I'm going to break down this process for you later, but how I like to describe it is emotions are energy in motion. Imagine them as a wave. Your emotions and the energy of said emotion comes into the body. It makes its way through the body and you feel that as a rise in energy. Take anger, for example. You all know, well, hopefully you all know what I mean when you say that feeling of anger, it builds. Same with frustration and anxiety. It builds in the body. It builds to this beautiful crescendo and we often expect a really big release much like an orgasm or something like that you can feel the build of the emotion the emotions are like a wave the energy of them and what I always say is your only job is to ride that wave of the emotion of the sensation of the feeling of what does it feel like to be angry or sad or upset how can I just be here and ride that wave first once you've ridden the wave, once you're back down to your baseline that is your time to start going and intellectualizing and analyzing and working out why and doing the kind of work that you would do. So let's talk about now what emotions actually are. And I really see them as made up of two parts. And this is going to help when it comes into processing these emotions. So emotions are energy in motion. That's the energy behind them. And they are also messengers. Reconnecting back to your emotions is going to connect you more to your intuition. This is because, and my favorite thing, when I speak to people about intuition, they go, God, I just, I don't know what intuition feels like. I've disconnected from it. I have no idea what it feels like. I see people, you know, walking around being like, oh, I, I am, you know, intuitively feeling this. I'm intuitively feeling that. And the reason is because you aren't connected to your intuition because you've literally buried it underneath all of those repressed and stuffed down and avoided emotions. There's no way your, your intuition isn't loud enough to be able to make it through all of the weight and the heaviness and the noise of all of the trapped emotions, all of the avoided emotions that you've been carrying. So a big benefit to processing your emotions and getting back in touch with them is that you'll likely reconnect your intuition and you'll be able to work out how you actually feel about things. I don't know about you, but one of the hardest things for me at the beginning of this journey about five years ago was I often didn't know how I felt. When I was presented with a situation that was hard or difficult, when, you know, a person that I liked didn't like me and they liked someone else, or, you know, I had, you know, multiple romantic relationships starting to blossom and I was unsure, I was completely unsure which direction I wanted to go and I didn't know where I needed to go because I didn't know how. When I was deciding between jobs, when I was thinking about what I want to do with my life, when I was thinking about where do I want to go, who do I want to be, I didn't know. And I had no idea because of the fact that my intuition was completely drowned out by all of these emotions that I'd been burying inside myself and I couldn't even hear it. Okay, now what else they're made up of? There's a lot of things that go into emotion. So we have the energy of the emotion. We have the message, message, messenger of the emotion, aka the meaning. So what are you feeling? And then we also have any stories or judgments that accompany this emotion, which usually leads us to a past emotional trigger. Okay, so what happens is you need to be able to process the energy of the emotion first. You need to be able to ride that wave. And once you've been able to ride the energetic wave, then you're able to move into 
intellectually processing the emotion, aka making sense of it, understanding why you're feeling it, and understanding the stories, the judgments, and the triggers that you might have around this particular emotion, aka is it to do with what I'm experiencing now or is it to do with what I'm experiencing in the past? And I want to give you this great example here. When I, I've actually told this story a few times, but years ago when I was traveling with a partner and I was on my way home after a few years of travel, I was in a really sticky financial place. I had no money. I had no idea what I was doing with my life. I wasn't particularly happy in the relationship that I was in. I was kind of confused about, you know, whether we were long-term, short-term. I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't feel completely satisfied in any areas of my life. And I was often really stressed out and I was really stressed about going home and essentially it felt like I, was, I had nothing to show for the last couple of years apart from the memories. Um, and my partner at the time, he ate, again I was very skint and we were traveling, it was our last day somewhere, we were going somewhere else the next day and my partner ate the last piece of toast for breakfast even though he had something else to have for breakfast that I couldn't eat because I was dairy free. And I was so, like, I literally was, like, I saw red. I was so angry, upset, frustrated. I literally, like, looked in that, I stomped my foot. And I was in that moment where I was overwhelmed with emotion. I was so angry. And in that moment, I, I had to leave. I completely shut down. I ran away in this country that, that we were in Portugal, like in this country, I had no idea where we were. Um, I didn't even take my phone. I just ran. I went out of the house and I was super upset. And he had no idea what was going on. He was like, what, what's wrong? Like, I don't understand. And I remember I went to the beach and I remember walking along the beach and I was singing. Singing is a really great way of processing emotion. And I was singing this a really angry sad song I don't know it was Adele or Taylor Swift or something something very emotional to me I was walking on this beach and I was singing this song and I was really in the feels I was really in the feels of it and I rode that wave and what was happening here what's really interesting and what you can then learn after you process the energy so I processed the energy of the emotion and by singing by walking by moving my body and then I sat down I had a big cry I had a big emotional release and then I started working out okay, what is it that I'm actually feeling? What's really going on here? What am I really upset about? Because I'm obviously not that upset that he ate the last piece of toast. Like, yes, that absolutely sucks that he did. However, I'm more interested to know, okay, why is this such a big deal? Why am I experiencing such a triggering thing from this experience? And what it was, was when I sat there, I went, okay, if he eats the last piece of toast, then what? It must mean that he doesn't care about me. He doesn't think about me like I think about him. He's going to leave me. I'm going to have nothing. And when I realized that, I was like, whoa. And when I understood that, I went, of course. It's my abandonment wound. It's coming up again. I'm, I'm scared of being left. I'm scared of being left alone again. And to understand that after I'd ridden that wave of emotion was so powerful. Because even though... And again, this was many years ago, so I didn't really understand what was going on at the time, but I still understood, okay, I'm feeling like he doesn't care about me. And I was able to go back and at the time I didn't even have the conversation with him. I was in no place to be able to do that, but I understood why it was such a big deal for myself. And one of the most important things when it comes to reconnecting back into your emotions is validating them, validating your emotional reactions and experiences. Me losing my shit over the last piece of toast, yes, it was a bit silly. However, it was hinting at something much deeper. 
And one of the most, one of the most challenging things about that time was I felt such shame about having such a big emotional reaction over the last piece of toast because I didn't understand fully that this was me feeling like I'm going to be abandoned, that somebody doesn't care about me who's meant to care about me, that this was leading to a way deeper place than just the last piece of toast. And this is why processing the energy of the emotion is really important so that you can get back down to your baseline and understand what is this really about for me? Where is this triggering me? And from there, you can understand, and this is where the messenger comes in. So you see, emotions are energy and they are messages to give us information about ourselves. What we need to learn, what we need to do, how we need to create better lives for ourselves, what conversations we need to have. Now, when it comes to processing emotions, we have, as a human race society, we've gone in the complete opposite direction than we should have, ideally. We now, as a society, have fallen into the trap of constantly analyzing and intellectualizing our feelings. And that is not actually feeling and processing. This is why I want to make it really clear to you about that wave. Your emotions are energy in motion and they are that message. But the message has to come after the energy. When you're riding that peak emotional wave, when you're in that, you know, huge moment of sadness or anger or whatever it might be, you aren't going to be able to make sense of why you're feeling the way you are. You aren't going to be able to, with a sound mind, understand, oh, okay, this is triggering this from my past, or, oh, yes, this is, I'm making this mean something, or this is hurting this wound or this belief that I have, blah, blah, blah. But as a society, we fall into this trap of jumping straight into the second part. What does this mean? Why am I feeling this way? And we've stepped away from the true freedom wisdom and power that comes from actually feeling our feelings and that's because as a society as a whole we've disconnected from our bodies entirely and they're in it. now a great way to actually remember this is to look at children and I know that you've probably heard this example before but I want you to hear it again in a new light knowing that emotions have those two parts the energy and the messenger so children are such a great example of people who have not been brainwashed into intellectualizing their emotions they are masters of feeling. And we see this when kids have tantrums. We see this when, you know, a kid gets upset because so-and-so, you know, stole their toy. And when you think about it, somebody stealing something that's yours, not asking you, and you being really upset about that, that is a valid reaction. You are allowed to feel upset that somebody's taken something that is yours without your permission, without even letting you know. That is a valid response to have. And so... When that happens, it triggers something within us, right? It triggers that innate human sense to protect what is yours. And when we see kids experiencing this, this is why I think sharing is such a... And I even remember as a kid being told that I need to be better at sharing. But I didn't understand why. I didn't understand why people didn't ask. I didn't have that communication line opened. It was just somehow agreed upon that I should be allowed to people could just take my things but of course it's natural natural it's natural as a human to want to protect your things it's what we do and so we see kids right who someone stole you know little timmy has had little jackie and jackie stolen their toy and we see little timmy have an absolute meltdown they get really angry anger is a valid response to one of your personal boundaries being crossed 
Anger is letting you know that you're not okay with something, that you didn't get something that you needed. That anger is there to protect you. This anger serves if we go back to caveman times. So think about emotions as they were designed for caveman style human beings. Our emotions and our processes and our nervous system and our body, they were not designed for the world that we have today. Parts of our nervous system are 300 million or 500 million years old and your nervous system is the body's response to emotional stimulus. They were designed for a very, very different world that we live in. So let's take a look at that example of, you know, I need to be a person that shares because being a person that shares means that you're a good, generous person. Let's take a look at that if we rewind however many years to get to cave, caveman or cavewoman-esque or cave people-esque times. When we look at that, if you, for example, had spent, you know, eight hours tracking this deer and then you finally killed it and you had your food for your family for the next wee while, in a time where, you know, you're in winter and food is scarce. And then let's say Jackie comes over and Jackie steals your food. You are going to be angry and upset. And that anger is a really important response to get you to fight for that food, to get you to fight for it back. Protecting what's yours is natural. Anger or frustration or sadness at somebody taking something away from you that's yours is a natural response because of how our bodies are wired. Because you need to get the food back. You need to get what's yours back. You need to survive. Our bodies and our emotions are all designed to help us survive as human beings in this world. And we'll survive and reproduce. <laughs> and so these emotions that we have are a lot more, like in, these, in this day and age, they're so much more complex because of the really complex lives that we live. Whereas back in cave people times, Life was simpler, a lot harder, don't get me wrong, but it was simpler. So children, if we look at them now, children are masters of feeling their emotions because they haven't yet developed the ability to intellectualize them. When we look at kids throwing a tantrum, you see them literally ride that way. I don't know if you've ever watched a child have an actual meltdown or a tantrum or get really sad or upset. Even yourself, if you've experienced a time where you've cried or, you know, you've had something really, really shake you up, it does feel like you're riding a wave. You go, you build up, you go high and then you come back down again. And that's the nervous system processing the energy of this emotion. Kids are masters of it. You see a kid melt down you see them bang their fists on the ground. You see them, you know, shaking on the ground and move. They're literally moving the energy through their body. You also see kids move a lot more than adults do because they're feeling, they feel things. Even when they're joyous, right? You see, a, like, if a kid's excited, they don't stay still, right? Even dogs, right? <laughs> you see them move. You see the child jump up and down with anticipation, with joy. If you look at an anxious child or even an anxious adult, Sometimes we have mannerisms that accompany anxiety. We have, you know, tapping of the foot. We have shaking. These are all things that the body is trying to do to process the energy of said emotion. But because, you know, when you become an adult, you're told, don't cry. Don't make a big deal. Don't make a fuss. You're told to sit down, to shut up, to be quiet. And so how we've dealt with that is we've still had these emotions and so to make ourselves feel better we've intellectualized them instead we've tried to raise them up we've tried to make them you know holier than that we've tried to almost make ourselves into snobby versions of the frankly grubby human beings that we are 
We need to get around and roll on the ground. We need to pound our fists on the ground. We need to cry. We need to shake. We need to dance. We need to jump up and down to process the energy in our bodies of these emotions. Children are masters of it. Learn from children. Now that we know that we have two parts to emotions, so there is the energy, the riding of the wave, then we move into the second part, which is the getting the message and the understanding of it. Now that we know that, let's now look at the layers of emotion that we've presented with. So I've hinted a lot in this episode to our emotions these days being particularly complex. So I want to break this down and give you a bit of a process of how to how to feel, how to process your feelings and your big emotions. So what we really see in our world today, because of the fact that we have spent years upon years upon years repressing emotion and you know trying to sit there and be the good girl or the good person and you know really make sure we, that we look the right way and that we're doing the right things that we're acting like everybody else and that we're being the adult that we are because of that we have so many repressed emotions even through all of the collective trauma that people have experienced we have wars we have famines we have COVID for example right and during COVID is a great example we're all sitting behind our zoom screens talking about our feelings we weren't really feeling what it felt like in the body to feel the whole wave of what it's like to have the world shut down, to have your freedom taken away from you. That is scary and that's a lot of energy moving through. And I think we're seeing a rise in somatic work and feeling work because of the fact that we had to repress a lot of emotion during COVID because it simply wasn't safe to process. The world was too scary and too unknown. We were all in survival mode during that time because we literally didn't know what's going on. But I feel like now we are starting to process some of that stuff and it's, it's, it's sitting heavily with so many of you. So let's look at the layers and let's look how complex emotions work. When we have, if you're a person that has avoided their emotions for a long time, you're probably going to know that you do have layers to emotion, like an onion, like they say in Shrek. So I like to call the first layer, so there's three that I like to work with. The first layer is the surface level emotion. The surface layer, okay, this is the initial reaction to whatever's going on in front of you. And this emotion is going to be whatever emotion is safest for you to experience at the time. So let's say, for example, during COVID, a lot of people experienced either was people experienced kind of two different things. It was either anxiety or it was frustration and anger. And this is where it's really clear to see that people are different, right? We all have emotions. We all have stories and judgments about emotions that are different. So for somebody that grew up in a household full of anger, that's probably not a very safe emotion for them to experience. Or if you're a person that grew up in, in a household full of anxiety and worry, anxiety and worry is probably not a very safe emotion for you to think and feel. So let's look at that first level. So it's called the surface layer, the surface level emotion. But what it really is, is what is the fucking safest emotion for you to have to get through this at the time, okay? And it's usually polar ends of the spectrum, either sadness or anger. And then we'll see this in the next layers. So and I'll, again, I'll share, I've shared this example in the last episode, but I think it's a really important one to share. So let's give an example of a surface level emotion here, right? Actually, just the other day, when was it? Yeah, just the other day, I had a consultation call booked in in the morning with a potential new client, which is something I offer to people who are thinking about doing coaching. And I got ghosted, right? They didn't show up to the call. It, was a, it wasn't too early, but it was an early morning call, first call of the day. And 
I was so angry. I mean, I get that people have things, but I was, I was angry. I felt disrespected. I was super frustrated. That was my surface level emotion coming up, right? I was angry at this. So the surface level layer of emotion is a protective emotion. It's the safest emotion for you to feel. And it's usually the polar opposite spectrum end to the root emotion that is, is usually hidden and stuffed away underneath there. So after the surface level, and this is a, not many people put this in, but I think this is really important to put in. After you have that surface layer or surface level emotional response, the next layer is resistance. Resistance, I do, I do imagine and, and see it as an emotion. Resistance is the body's natural protective instinct to stop you from feeling, experiencing, or thinking something that's uncomfortable, unsafe, or that you've experienced a lot of pain in before. So for me, right, in that experience of being ghosted, having a client no show, or having someone new no show to this call, first level response, I was angry and frustrated. Second layer, I felt a lot of resistance, right? I was like, oh, and this was, so I rode the wave of the anger and the frustration. Then I came down to sit with the resistance. The resistance was telling me, oh, it's like, just get over it. Don't worry. It's fine. It happens. I'm sure something happened. My resistance, my resistance was telling me all of these things. Then after I sat with the resistance for a while, we have this root level emotion. And this is usually to do with your core wounding. Now, your core wounding is usually something that you've experienced or learned between the ages of zero to seven. It's stored within your subconscious. And this is exactly what I teach inside the Inner Child Workshop is how to identify your core wound so you can understand it better and support yourself more. So when I experienced that surface level anger and frustration, I sat with the resistance. And then beneath that, for me, at the root, was that core level fear of abandonment and that is my core wound right it was very uncomfortable for me to face the fact that somebody had left me before even getting to know me and this was the story of my dad my biological father didn't know me but refused to be in my life didn't want to be in my life so as <laughs> so as I went through this experience those and remember the word emotional baggage remember my backpack right we all have backpack right and no matter how much of it you unpack there's always still going to be really tough triggers and pain points for us depending on our circumstances in our life and particularly around that core wound so for me having that be triggered whew, then I understood oh okay that makes so much sense right of course I had a, a big reaction to it because it reminded me of how I felt with my dad as a child and that was a really painful emotion for me to experience as a kid. Now, how these layers work, right? The reason that I felt anger and frustration first was because that's an easier response for me to have. It's easier to be angry at someone who's no-shown to a call than it is to actually feel the pain of, oh, did I do something? Has something gone wrong? Was it me? It's easier to feel the anger than it was for me to feel that abandonment wound again. So of course, my body, my beautiful body and brain and my protective instincts led me to the anger first. But through riding the wave of these emotions, I was able to work with that first surface level layer, work through the resistance to get to the root and to process that. Now that's a really kind of basic example, but what I want you to see here is that the surface layer or the surface level emotion that you're experiencing 
is normally the exact polar opposite of the root emotion. And it's, it does, like, a, a lot of the time it propels between anger and sadness or anger and pain. It's Sometimes it's easier if you flip it around, particularly people with trauma, abuse. Sometimes it's easier to be sad about something than it is to be angry, particularly if this person was somebody really close to you. Or it could be vice versa. Maybe it's easier for you to be angry than it is for you to actually feel that pain because it was somebody close to you that hurt you. And this applies to so many areas of life. It applies to breakups. It applies to your manager being rude to you. It applies to your friends betraying you. It applies to so many areas. So I hope you've understood there those three layers that you get to work through when it comes to understanding the emotions more. Now, let's dive into why we're really here, which is the process and some tools that I want to teach you. So when it comes to feeling and processing your emotions, like I said in the beginning, your number one job is to feel. It's to actually ride that wave of the emotion. All the analytical stuff, all the why is this happening? What does this mean? What are the signs? What are the universe trying to tell me? All that stuff comes later. Your number one goal when you're presented with a feeling or an emotion is to feel it. And if you're not safe at the time, if you're at work or you're wherever, that's cool, right? But find a space to go in and feel it. For some people, well, for most actually, this literally looks like just closing your eyes. And this draws us into the modality that I teach a lot of and do a lot of work with my clients in, which is called somatic work. Somatic means in the body. And again, it's really helpful, really helpful for processing some of the stuck energy that you have. So, in a somatic practice, and what I'll do is I'll, I'll share in the show notes a link to a short, short somatic practice so that you can experience yourself what tapping into the body and feeling your emotions actually feels like rather than intellectualizing them. Because intellectualizing them, will can, it'll, it's almost another way to keep avoiding what's really going on because you're not processing the energy of what's really there you're still storing in, in the backpack, even though you might know, oh, I'm feeling this because of this past trauma or because my father abandoned me or because of this or because of that. Even though you understand that, have you processed the energy that accompanies it? Have you actually faced it? And that is what is going to lead you to the freedom that you crave and less triggered emotional experiences, which I know is probably what you want. You want to be able to feel in control of your emotions to some degree. And ironically, the best way to do that is to accept that you have no control over your emotions. You only have control over the present moment and how you interact in that experience. And sometimes our emotions do spin out of control. It's part of being human and it's okay, but it's up to you to find safe places and practices to be able to process those things. So let's look at somatics. So when I say, and this is, this is sometimes can be hard to grasp, so when I say feel your feelings, when I'm saying this, let's take, and you can do this exercise at home right now. So I just want you to sit there for a second and ask yourself, okay, how am I feeling right now? And I will again in the show notes share a link to one of my favorite tools to get you more acquainted with your emotions um, called the feelings wheel. So if you want to click on that, you can open up a big wheel of emotions and it might help you to get clearer on what you are actually feeling. But also remember, you don't need to give it a name. It's okay. So you can either name the feeling and acknowledge it in this way, or you can tap into the physical sensation of it. 
Feel how you're feeling in the present moment right now. Take a breath. If you can, close your eyes. If you're driving, do not close your eyes. Take a breath. And tune into how you're feeling right now. And rather than trying to intellectualize or analyze or give words to it, if you can't, maybe it's really easy and you're going, oh, I'm sad or I'm frustrated. Maybe it's really easy. Maybe it's not. If you're struggling with that, move to the sensation. How are you actually feeling right now? What sensations are present in your body? Where do you feel tightness? Where do you feel relaxed? Are there any balls or blocks of energy in your body? How does your throat feel, your chest, your stomach, your hips? Is there any pain present? Is there any discomfort in your body? These sensations are all emotions. They're all parts of you. They're parts of you having emotional experiences right now. They're your emotional baggage. So, instead of trying to make sense of why you're feeling this, instead of making it about that, can you actually sit there and feel the sensation that is accompanying the emotion that you're feeling? So if you're in a position where you're able to name the emotion, and maybe you're struggling to connect at where, where you can feel it or how it feels on your body, ask yourself this question. If this emotion were to make a home in my body, where would it live? If this emotion would it give me a physical sensation, what would it feel like? Where would I carry it? Where would I store it? And really great reminders here, if you're struggling with this concept, and it takes a lot of practice, so please keep going. When you, right before you're about to cry, I don't know if you've ever experienced, maybe you've been watching a sad movie or something, and you kind of, and you try and, you try and avoid it, but you feel this like sensation in your throat. Since when I get anxious, I feel tightness in my chest or real tightness or heaviness in my stomach. Think about those sensations and just notice if you're feeling any right now. Making sure to breathe, that you have to know that you're safe and you're okay. And in this moment, your only job is to feel that sensation, is to breathe with it. And the process that I like to follow is Step one is acknowledging and naming the feeling. And again, you don't need to be able to name it if it doesn't make if you can't put an emotion or a label to it, that's okay. But just acknowledge, oh, I'm feeling this right now. Then your step two is to don't think, it's to just feel. It's to flesh it out. What does this feeling feel like in my body? Is it moving? Is it still? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it big? Is it small? Get a grasp on what it feels like, flesh it out. If you could draw a picture of it, what would it look like? Visuals are really helpful here as well. The next step is to make friends with this feeling. Make friends with this sensation, let it be here. Don't try and change it, don't try and get rid of it, don't try and fix it, just let it be here. What does it feel like and how can I let myself feel it for 30 seconds? I think that we have this really false idea that processing and feeling our emotions is like, you know, this big, huge event and you, you know, you're pounding on the ground and you're growling like a tiger and you're crying and, you know, it's huge and it's crazy and it's wild. And then suddenly you're okay again. And while, yes, that totally happens for some, it doesn't happen for all of us. For example, anger 
not doesn't look the same on everybody. Anger can be really quiet or it can be really loud. Same with sadness, with pain, with anxiety. Your emotions aren't going to feel like everybody else's emotions feel like. They're going to feel like how your emotions feel like. And this is why it's important for you to do the, um, the work so that you can understand what your emotions feel like, how they feel in your body, so that you can start to notice when you're feeling a certain way, what emotion it's leading to, and what you need to do to be able to feel it more. There's also a thing about time here. Again, there's a preconceived notion that we need to sit with our emotions for hours and hours and hours on end. Emotions can take as little as two minutes to process through the body, sometimes shorter, sometimes longer. I'm a fan of sitting with your emotion for 30 seconds. If you're feeling a sensation, for example, right now, can't tell if it's because I've got a top on that's quite tight, or if it's because I'm feeling some anxiety about releasing this podcast and about um, filming it for the first time. It's pretty scary stuff. There is a sensation right now in my belly, in my belly on the right side in the midline. And it feels like a ball of energy. It feels like a tight ball. I'm look, in my head, I'm picturing like a hairball. <laughs> but my only job in this moment is to just feel that sensation, sensation for 30 seconds. To just befriend the pain and the discomfort that lives there. And what's really fascinating is the next time you get a headache, this was one of the this is one of the coolest things that drew me into somatic work and literally like blew my mind. And it's such a good example because it shows us how we often like to numb and avoid energy without that's accompanied by an emotion. When you get a headache, usually the first thing you do is you feel the discomfort. So you reach for Panadol, Paracetamol, Ibuprofen, whatever it is, and Advil. You reach for it, you take it, headache goes away. One of the coolest things I've ever done when I started doing somatic work I was getting these headaches and these migraines and the somatic practitioner told me, hey, just, just feel, feel what the headache feels like, feel the pain of it. And I went, oh my God, what? I don't want to feel that pain. No way. So you see that protective instinct, that was my resistance. And then when I sat with it for a sec, the next time I got a headache, I was like, okay, just do it for 30 seconds. I sat there and I paid attention to what my headache felt like. I started describing it out loud. I started saying, oh, it's like it's across my whole head. It feels like an umbrella, but it's kind of heavy and tingly. And I just noticed it and I, I befriended it by imagining myself sitting next to it and saying, it's okay for me to feel this right now. And I did that for 30 seconds and the pain went away. I was amazed. I was absolutely amazed to see that that's how quick energy of that emotion that I was feeling it had presented itself to me in a headache and not all emotions present as physical symptoms and not all physical symptoms are trapped emotions but some of them are and I was just amazed so the next time you get a headache if you're someone that you know struggles with them or you get one from time to time before you reach for the Panadol maybe just sit with it for 30 seconds just pay attention to the pain and say hey it's okay to feel this take a breath befriend it flesh it out Get an idea of what it is. So moving on from that process. So we have the acknowledging and naming. We have the feeling and fleshing it out. So getting clear on what the, the feeling feels like, the sensation in the body. Then we have making friends with it. So just sitting and breathing next to that feeling for 30 seconds. Okay. Then we this when you're doing this, this is when you're riding that emotional wave, right? So when you're actually paying attention to it, you're doing that. You're riding that emotional wave. And then the last step, once you've come down from that emotional wave, is to move to what is this feeling here to tell me? 
If this feeling could speak, what would it say? What is the message of this? And this is when you can move into why am I feeling this? What's being triggered within me? But remember, the thing that we've lost as human beings is our ability to feel. Your tools for feeling more are doing that somatic process that I just took you through. And again, I'm going to put a guided audio in the show notes so you can do this yourself. It'll just be five minutes so that you can actually feel something and have guidance to do it because it is, it's a practice. When I first started doing this, I was like, what do you mean? What does a sensation feel like in my body? I have no freaking clue. You do have to sit with it for a while. And of course, this is something I take all my clients through. So if you're wanting to learn this, please reach out and book a one-on-one session with me. And make sure you come to the Inner Child Workshop because we're going to be going through this exact process and you will have support, you'll have live coaching, you'll have a longer time to practice. And it will help you get more in tune with your emotions to understand what you've been feeling so that you can then feel freer, more confident and understand yourself at a deeper level. Once you've ridden that emotional wave, that comes the time for intellectualizing. But remember... You don't have to intellectualize everything. You don't have to have a reason for why you're feeling the way you feel. You can just feel the way you feel. You are allowed. Do whatever you need to to process the energy of the emotion first. Ride that wave. And remember, movement is something that is so powerful for this. And there's also times where our emotions, like, for example, sadness, big movement cuts for me is not really helpful when I'm feeling sad instead it's these small somatic exercises that I'm doing to help me process those feelings when you're angry sometimes it's more shaking exercise in its most purest sense is to help us process energy it helps us move it through the body I did I went to yoga this morning it helped me move so much through my body so just move stretch move around move your hips around and there are so many more somatic practices that I can teach you I am here to support you in any which way make sure you reach out and I have so many guided practices that I'm going to be sharing inside of the inner child workshop and what I'm excited about is not only when you buy your ticket do you have access to the 90 minute workshop that's live on the 14th of October but you also get access to a seven day healing challenge that accompanies it where I give you practices every single day to help you do this work So to recap, emotions are made up of two things, the energy of the emotion and the message of the emotion. And remember, the processing of the energy happens first, and it's usually done through somatic work. It's done through feeling the sensations in the body. It's done through rolling around on the ground. It's done through maybe just sitting there and doing some soft movement. Maybe one of my favorite things to do is take my emotions for a walk. If I'm feeling really frustrated or feel like I can't get a grip on it, take your emotions for a walk say that you are i hope you've enjoyed today's episode i know that was a lot that we covered there so much in this particular topic and it really does lead you to a place where you feel so much more at peace with yourself and your emotions so i really hope you enjoyed it if you love this episode please share it share it far and wide share it to your stories on your socials and tag me at kathleen.mindsetcoach i'd love to hear from you next episode is going to be amazing i have some really cool guests lined up for this season i'm really really excited to grow this podcast even bigger than the last season and as always i'm here to support you there's multiple ways to work together including workshops one-on-one coaching and group coaching but book in a free connection call it's your space to chat about working together it's your space to uncover what's really going on for you and to get some support have the most beautiful day thank you so much for listening and i'll see you soon